Hey guys, it's the third episode of Chatter With You Matter. This is your host Baylor and today we'll be discussing how social media has effects on our mental health. Before we get started, don't forget to save the dates December 11th and 12th for the You Matter Mental Health Symposium. More information coming your way soon. Alright, let's give Fiona a call. Hello. Hello. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Fiona Hull, and I'm an intern with You Matter. Awesome. Um, so today we're going to be talking about social media and how it affects our mental health. So let's start off with what was your first experience with social media? Yeah, so my first experience with social media was probably around seventh grade. So like 13, 14 age range. I didn't have an iPhone, which was a thing at the time, like the super early versions, but I had an iPod touch um, and I mainly used that iPod touch for things like, you know, temple run or like temple popping games. But towards the seventh, my seventh grade summer, my friends all got Instagram. So I decided to get one too. And that was really when my relationship with social media launched. Awesome. That's kind of how it went for me too. I think I got it in like fifth grade actually me and my friend found it and then I remember we told all of our friends to get it and everyone was like no like we're not gonna get this random app you just post weird pictures on and then like a year later everyone had an account and I was like I knew it (laughs) but dude I know It, it happened so fast honestly so fast the evolution of social media has really changed the way um it's being used how did it shift? Do you think when it got more popular, do you think more people started putting more pressure on it and, like, started yeah. affecting their mental health more? And, yeah, with your insecurities. Yeah. yeah, like, I remember I had a pretty normal relationship with social media for, like, those beginning years on only Instagram. Um, I was, like, super pure on it, and I, like, ran, like, two fan accounts, like, one <laughs> for One Direction and, like, one for The Hunger Games, like, Amazing. both of which I'm still partially obsessed with. But then, like, that real insecurity with social media started when some anonymous person from my middle school started, like, a hottest in school Instagram account. And on that Instagram account, it was also, like, a gossip page for, like, our freaking middle school. And, like, now that I'm older, I just laugh because, wow, we were ahead of our time, like, the shade rooms. But back then, I was serious. And... But the real thing that I noticed was I remember not being featured on that page and all of my friends were, which was like the first sign of like, hey, what am I not doing on this hot page? And I thought I was a normal average looking girl. I didn't wear makeup in middle school. Like I wasn't allowed to. Um, I didn't really care what I wore. I liked pink and Perry the Platypus. I'm like, that was it. (laughs) And then from that like from that page of course like knew every girl being posted on that page and it really went from looking at my peers and myself in a much different way like it, it really went from like oh yeah that's my classmate Abby to like oh Abby has such long hair like I don't she's so much prettier than me or like oh my gosh Sophia is wearing a push-up bra and all the guys love her and I'm super flat-chested and immediately from that young age it shifted from these are my classmates to they have something i don't have and now i'm super hyper aware of it and now i'm feeling insecure and i also think of like the literal creation of one of the first social media platforms facebook i like mark zuckerberg literally created the site from a way to rate girls hotness at harvard Mm -hmm. and so the 
birth of social media began as a means of igniting insecurity, especially in young women. Totally. I feel like that's a huge, a huge demographic of social media, I would say, is everyone but younger, like 15 to 30 year old women, I think is probably the biggest demographic for the tool, but it also is obviously knows that and um, definitely singles us out, I think, a lot of the time. All my ads are, here's this gummy that'll make your hair feel better, here's this vitamin that can make you skinnier, maybe you can drink this tea and you'll lose 10 pounds. I mean, everything is directed on how we should change how we look on social media. Speaking of the Gossip Girl-like account, I actually had one of those at my high school, too, and I remember the school found out, and it was like, whoever had it had to delete it, and it was this whole thing, but what reminded me most of that is, did you ever use Ask FM? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, when I was in, like, eighth grade, I remember that being huge, and I thought it was so cool, because you could ask anonymous questions, and then you could choose to answer them or not. But I remember in eighth grade, I went to the beach one day, like with all my friends, and then I got this like super mean Ask FM thing, and it kind of just like hit me that I was like, oh wow, this isn't, social media isn't just positive. But yeah, for some reason, since it can be anonymous if you want it to be, I think it's really easy for people to use it in a trolling way or make people feel bad about themselves for no good reason. No, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it can be so dangerous so fast. And, like, I think it gives people the opportunity, like, with those anonymous things. And, like, you could create separate pages to say something about somebody else or what have you. Like, it can it can get out of hand and, and, and scary and, and very damaging. And especially when you're hiding behind a screen, people think they can say anything when they wouldn't even <laughs> dare say it in front of your face. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how would you think that social media affects our mental health, both positively and negatively? I think social media has a huge toll on our mental health, especially for developing minds and youth, which I believe is like the main demographic for social media since its creation. It not only can affect how a developing mind is seeing themselves, through constant comparison on the internet with extremely unrealistic expectations, but it can also affect how that mind is processing information and what information they're processing. So that's kind of the more bad side of social media. You can find harmful content pretty fast and it's not that hard. And I I think it could lead a lot of people to experiencing high levels of anxiety, can lead people to fall into a depression. I think the positive effects are, you know, it's definitely an outlet for people to be creative and, you know, showcase their talents and things they're interested in, which is great. But with that, it it leads room to comparison and competition and things like that. Totally. I, um, I struggle with defining how it affects our mental health. Not, I mean, I guess not defining, but for me, like, my major is media arts, so, and mm-hmm. PR is my minor, so I'm constantly on social media. I mean, it's my job with You Matter to be the social media person, so I have always seen it as more of a art thing, just because mm-hmm. of who I follow, but I think mm-hmm. that definitely happened, because when I got back 
from abroad last year, I went through my followers and just unfollowed so many people. And it wasn't a personal thing. Like I wasn't from people from high school that I just haven't talked to in four years and I'm just still seeing their picture. It's not that I don't want to see how great their life is. It's more just like I want to, you have minimal control, but you do have that minimal control. And I think it's important for us to take accountability that we do dictate some of the realm that we see you know so I yeah. think for me it was really healthy to unfollow a lot of people and then follow a bunch of art accounts because now when I go on Instagram I see my close friends and all the stories and stuff like that but I'm my feed is more art and stuff like that but before I changed it was definitely something that I just endlessly compared myself to yeah no I think like that is what social that's how social media needs to be transformed but I think it takes a lot of self-discipline and self-control because the culture itself social media is not going to do that for you so I think it really is up to the individual to you know use social media as its means which should be just like a tool for art or you know photography things like that and so I think it's really up to the individual and also I think I mean, I want to talk about this later, but I think it is about the people who are quote-unquote influencers Mm -hmm. to, you know, realize the responsibility that they have, especially on these young minds who are consuming their content, and try to put out good things that aren't going to lead to these weird insecurities and these weird comparison rules that we put in our heads and things like that. So, yeah, I think that's right I did the same thing like I like unfollowed a bunch of people like even old people I followed from middle school obviously nothing personal but it's just like I'm growing and I need to somehow in my social media grow too so 100% I think that's a really good way to do it because we I mean for us we started it so young that I think like we're just we were just adding on for so long and there's a certain point where like you have to let some followings go in order to like evolve your feed um absolutely so I mean we've been talking mostly about Instagram so far but with TikTok being such a huge outlet these days um do you think TikTok is going to affect the younger kids a little more than like Instagram affected us in like a better worse way or anything like that oh my gosh I think about that all the time like I do I absolutely do think so I think first of all it's so much fun it's addicting in a sense I had to like delete it because (laughs) I was on it all the time so I love TikTok it's it's a fun platform but I will say it is so easy for younger minds that are on the app to be exposed to a lot of different things a lot of different viewpoints which is good but also I think it's like not letting people think for themselves and grow in their own identity I almost am starting to feel like everybody is trying to be different versions of somebody else and nobody's really being authentic like Mm -hmm. everybody like especially on TikTok like there's like different brands of TikTok like there's like quote-unquote straight TikTok or there's quote-unquote alt TikTok Mm -hmm. and it's like what like why are we putting each other in these categories like I understand it but with that 
you're gonna have an impression of another group and isn't like I feel like that's something that we need to stray away from like because then we're gonna truly just like brand somebody in this either good or bad light based off of their TikTok group and I think that like to me that's so ridiculous but and I think it's I, I think it can be harmful so but again I love TikTok <laughs> I'm on it all the time so it's funny but yeah I don't know I mean I remember when the Musical.ly version of it came out and like my sister had it and she was on it all the time and she was probably 15 and I was just so confused like what the hell could you possibly like be listening to those 60 <laughs> clip songs you know and like what yeah. is this like and then it became TikTok and obviously got a lot more famous and I held off for it for a while and I think it was because of my sister and I was just like seeing how much she was on it and I was like I do not need that in my life like I go on Instagram <laughs> enough I go on Snapchat enough I don't need another one and then of course quarantine happened and I think that's a huge lately at least that's a huge reason why people are getting either depressed or anxious or all these things is because we in an age of unlimited information are sitting in our houses unable to leave with just a screen we keep scrolling past and I feel like in this age of information it's awesome that we have the access to it like that we don't have to watch the nightly news to find out what happened yeah but that being said with everything that's going on in the world today with Black Lives Matter, with the election, with everything that's going on, it's so easy to go down a really dark hole on social media these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's so hard to pull yourself out of it because it feels like it's the only thing you can do. So, yeah. I was gonna say, like, going back to TikTok, I am not with pride in, like, this anxiously superstitious person and like it's like been something I've literally gone to therapy for to like break these strange superstitions and I would be on TikTok and I would see like these manifesting pages or like if you're seeing this like Mm -hmm. I don't even know like it would say something and it would literally put me into like this spiral of anxiety and it's it's some 12 year old guy (laughs) in their bedroom making a video like these were the things I had to tell myself because I literally would get scared and I'm like 22 and I could and I was and I was anxious totally. so I can only imagine like a younger mind seeing the stuff that was freaking me out and and how hurtful it could be so I mean yeah so it's weird there's a lot of different stuff <laughs> not always good that can just lead to really hurtful things for people's mental health. Totally, and I think especially, like, with TikTok's algorithm, I mean, for me, I don't really follow people, I guess I do, but I never go on that, like, following page. I'm always on the For You page. And I feel like since TikTok is just curating that for you all the time, stuff will come up on my page, and I'm like, how the hell did they know? Like, how did they know that I ate chocolate-covered bananas (laughs) today while watching Gossip Girl? Like, they know it down to a T, and I feel like it almost gives us, like, this anxiety about, like, the world knowing all of our little guilty pleasures or all these things. Mm -hmm. But it's really just this computer being like, oh, wow, she liked this video? Maybe she'll like this one and this one and this one and this one. Yeah. Um, Did you watch um, the new... 
social dilemma? Yes. Okay, I did not, but I keep hearing so many things about it, and I need to watch it. Like, it was so powerful, like, to my room, like, my roommates watched it, and, like, my boyfriend watched it, and my boyfriend, like, watched it, and he was already, like, okay, I don't really know how I feel about social media, and he, like, deleted his social media afterwards. I mean, Which, it's that itself, which one, it's, like, wow, like, that must be a powerful film that's telling the realities of social media that I probably already know, and I'm just ignoring because it's, yeah. like, social media and it's just something to do, but I was, like, okay, like, I do need to watch it. Sorry. All, all I have to say is I need to see that. No, yeah, definitely recommend. What's cool about it, too, is that it, the people talking in it are all people who have worked at Pinterest or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. So it's, like, people who were on the inside. And it just talks about, like, artificial intelligence a lot, which kind of just creeps you out. Mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say was it's, um, like you said, it's stuff that, like, I already knew. My roommate already knew. Mm-hmm. But it was just being told again, and we're like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. But we already knew it. And then, like, right after, we're all scrolling on Instagram again. And it's crazy that we, if you were to ask us, do you want to give up this information to this person, this person, this person? You'd be like, no, I don't want to tell people everything I like or everything I see or all the hashtags I follow. Like, you know? <laughs> But for some reason, we totally allow it since it's on our phone. Like, mm-hmm. as if it's not a, I mean, technically it's not a person, but at this rate, who knows? <laughs> no, I know. It's, like, bizarre. And, like, all of those things, when we, like, blindly agree to all of those terms and conditions, it's literally telling any kind of page or any kind of website or any kind of brand, like, we are we are their product now. Oh, 100%. And that is just so mind-boggling. And it it is scary. And, like, and that's, and yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's scary because we care, but just not enough to change Mm -hmm. it, you know? Like, Instagram's Mm -hmm. still taking up three hours of my day every day. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about influencers and their influence. One thing I've noticed with influence these days, especially, like I said, with the election and the Mm -hmm. um, Black Lives Matter movement and all of these different super important things that are going on, is I have really noticed, I mean, granted, I've been one of those YouTube people since, like, high school, so I, like, know a lot of influencers and follow them, but I really noticed, like, what Instagram or what influencers use their platform to either spread resources for Black Lives Matter, um, Mm -hmm. give you a way to vote, um, show how you can register to vote or change your registration. A bunch of people are using their platforms to really push all these ideas, which I think is a good thing because they have such a huge following. But then on the other hand, I see quite a few influencers who I really did admire but then like something this big happens and I was like you have such a powerful voice I mean like all of us do but these you know like they've got the biggest megaphone in their hand talking to the most influential people and they're not saying anything so do you yeah how do you feel about like influencers and how they're using their influence on us no yeah I mean it's influencers are such a funny topic of conversation because they're they're the celebrities of the internet and they're like a fun way to have a role model so and that's what i think they should be it's 
and you could any like you could be a fitness guru you could be whatever you could be somebody who makes tiktok videos but at the end of the day and you could still produce that kind of content but at the end of the day i think like influencers really do have this responsibility and this character that there's one selling but also just if they're being themselves it's you need to use that platform for these good things and i do love that like i love following like some of my favorite i guess like it's such a weird term influencers and like they're providing amazing information like good resources getting words out on things that are going on in the world and I love that because one it means they're not being tone deaf to what's going on and they're not about you know me 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 which can sometimes be an influencer Mm -hmm. so I think that's really what is so vital for influencers because one I think like they want to be seen as human beings as well so they need to like be together with the people almost like like show that like show their platform yo i'm voting or yo we need to stand up against police brutality and for our black brothers and sisters like that is so important and in, in good ways you know not in the ways where you're just like posting a black square and calling it a day like totally i like i think it's so important they have such a platform they need to use it and yeah (laughs) totally you mentioned them being human beings and i feel like originally when it wasn't so pushed on us all the time like influencers like on youtube who are making vlogs or lifestyle videos or comedy that was really what got i think so many young people to follow them is that they were normal people they were Mm -hmm. just like you sitting in their room talking to a camera like Mm -hmm. there was nothing actually famous about them until themselves which is like props to them for being able to build themselves like that Mm -hmm. but like you said if they're gonna be these relatable people that we all we all follow they're probably just as popular as celebrities at least in our age group and, like, mm-hmm. I just feel like if you're gonna take on that responsibility, you gotta take it all, and you gotta learn from your experiences, and stuff like that. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't grow, you know? So, mm-hmm. Especially with um, cancel culture. Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on cancel culture? Because I know it's kind of a newer thing this year. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I, I think cancel culture itself, I, I mean, I kind of have like two parts to this. Um, I think cancel culture itself is a really harmful thing. I think it's used as a means to shut people down and cancel them and like mm-hmm. basically ban them from society for either big mistakes or really small ones. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think it's, it's evolved into this really toxic way to communicate on the internet as like I think people think they're using it as a way of activism Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day I think it's really used as individuals trying to make themselves feel good about themselves while tearing somebody else down I think I mean President Obama um actually talked about cancel culture and I like I'm gonna quote him because I really liked his thoughts on it um so he says I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, 
that there's this sense sometimes of the way of me making a change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And he said, and that's enough. That's not activism. That's not bringing about change. If all you're doing is casting stones, you're probably not going to get very far. And that's easy to do. Um, I love that. Yeah, I think it's it's really important to notice because, like, one, if you want to call people out for their blatant racism, do that. Like, that needs to be called out. 100%. But then, like, I think cancel culture can spiral into so many little things. Like, I have actually a personal experience um, with the harm of cancel culture on mental health. Um, my little brother is an influencer, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, a really weird sentence again and um he actually experienced being canceled for something that he didn't even do and so i me and my family saw firsthand the toll it took on his mental health and it was out of control and out of hand the hardest part of the whole thing was like knowing that it was a lie like what he was being canceled for Mm -hmm. and it hurt him emotionally like mentally and also physically and it was like a heartbreaking thing and it wasn't until he finally felt like it had to you know get put down and he needed to stand up for himself and thankfully he did and he was met with grace but I know this isn't always the case for a lot of people and it I guess I'm passionate about it because I've had a personal experience with the damages that it does. Mm -hmm. I think that it needs to be shifted from this, like, if you want to be an activist for something, like, figure out what mountain you're standing on, because I think a lot of people stand on these mountains that are so insignificant to the world and the true culture going on, and it, it just can be very toxic, so I think we have a responsibility as social media users to stand up for what's right but also choose our battles wisely and not cast stones like president obama said so yeah speaking about canceling and activism i feel like like you said like it really almost like got brought to the surface with all the activism going on this year um (laughs) And, I mean, when it first started, you're like, oh, you're canceled, like, ha, 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 like, so funny. And then it really did get overused, I think, um, Mm -hmm. in the activism way, because I see a lot of posts that are like, it's okay, like, it is strong and it's mature to be able to change your opinion, learn from other people's opinions, always listen, and grow from knowledge. And so when I think of it in an activism way, I just feel like it's not, like President Obama said, like he's really right when you just need to find another way to do it because the point of being an activist is to push a solution instead of tear down, I think, a problem necessarily. So like instead of being like, hey, this is actually like really racist, I'm uncomfortable that you said that, like could you not? And, like, just telling them, confronting them, and letting them know what they said was wrong instead of being, like, you're canceled, you're not cool anymore. Because then it's, like, well, why would I want to think like you if you make me feel like I'm insignificant, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's, like, hypocritical for people to say, like, we need 
growth and we need change but then at the same time they're saying no you can't grow no mm-hmm. you can't change you're you're the bottomless pit of of crap like no you don't deserve to grow and change and develop and also I did want to say like with like cancel culture specifically with like social media and influencers like these people are are young mm-hmm. like are young like and we're not letting them go through the ebbs and flows of like we don't give them the grace to just grow and develop like everybody else gets because they have a public platform mm-hmm. which i mean we already talked about that is their responsibility but at the same time i think it's absolutely hip- hypocritical for people to say like we need change we need growth but then like as i said and then like casting stones when people are trying to grow and change and this and they're saying no you can't you already screwed up that's like, so true um yeah i feel like people are like not given the grace anymore really because when I made a mistake on social media I said sorry and then I learned from it and never did it again whereas if someone else does it on social media they get that cancel comment and then their following drops thousands even you know Mm -hmm. but I think that's a really good point to just like have grace with people even in such a hard time and maybe you are furious I mean I'm furious with going what's going on but if I I'm going to have a conversation with someone who doesn't see the same things I do. I'm not going to try to push them away. I want them to listen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, especially now. It's such a fragile time. This is the, the most important time to be listening to one another and to provide provide for a chance for people to grow in their harmful practices or their, like, even, especially now, like, their racist practices. Like, this is the time to truly give somebody the opportunity to almost repent and try to grow so Mm -hmm. and I think cancel culture doesn't give that to people totally so with cancel culture and the comparing and um stuff like that I know that I watched this video in one of my classes and it was talking about how social media was made and it is 100% made for you to keep going on it they are not trying to help you get off there but it was also, it's been defined now, I think, to just put your highlights on your platforms. You don't put what you're going through. You don't put the sad things that happen. You're just putting the best things, the way you look the best, um, all these things. Do you feel like it's possible to change that culture of social media to become more of a casual and happy place? I think it, I mean, I think it is possible because I know that in the beginning of platforms that is what it was like people would post a picture of their like tacos and use like a generic instagram filter and like people loved it but i mean so i think that's really it just shifted when we created i think the influencer or we created Mm -hmm. the um like big platform i think it is possible to have all of those things living simultaneously on Instagram I mean Instagram already does that it provides people to to do what they want with it but doesn't mean like you're going to be supported or doesn't mean your art is going to be um featured because you're not big enough or you're not on brand so I think what we need to do I get it's almost like a humbling process like Mm -hmm. and even for me like I literally 
I, I'm obsessed. Like, I love Instagram. Like, it's my number one. And I was, like, talking to my friend the other day. Like, I was like, why do I feel like I'm in this mental competition, like, with this other user? And, like, she's a friend of mine. And I'm like, why do I feel like that? Because, like, I feel like the culture has created, oh, my God, I need to, like, edit this photo perfectly. Or I need to match my aesthetic. Like, yeah. what am I even saying? Like, like. I don't even know and and then I like was reflecting to my friend and I was like I don't want to feel like that like this is my like I want to support this girl like if anything I'm inspired by her like I'm quote-unquote influenced by her like it's not a competition so I think I mean we kind of talked about this in the beginning but I think it's like an individual responsibility to you know put the content you want to put out like consume the content you want to consume and then just be like wary of what's going on around you and yeah almost humble yourself in a way I don't know I agree I feel like nowadays social media has obviously become like this big business empire and I think everything's now driven by money I think that's why influencers are kind of losing their trust from their followers a little bit because everything feels like it's just they're just trying to sell you on something but That's I think a point. that makes us feel like, like you said, like aesthetics and stuff like that. Like that makes us feel like we have to brand ourselves on Instagram, which mm-hmm. I mean, granted, some people are like for me, my portfolio is my Instagram. So, I mean, mm-hmm. parts of it I get, I get wanting to post your best pictures. I get wanting to care if that's really something that just makes you happy. But I think where we have to like kind of vibe check ourselves is are we branding ourselves so that I can get a job later in life? Or am I branding myself because if Stacy just posted a super cool picture in front of a brick wall, now I want to post one and I want her to see yes. it and look how cool my Instagram is. Exactly. Like, it really just comes down to, let me make it about me and my art, not like me and, oh my God, I'm in a rush because they did this and now I need to do something better. And I'm so, gu- I'm so guilty of that. Like, Oh, same. I'm so, like, it's, and like, but I think the good thing is like, we're aware of it and we don't like, we're admitting it's not the healthiest mindset. And totally. so I think that's the first step. It's like admitting like that humbling process that we need to do and, and truly make social media what it's meant to be, which is just a tool for creativity and fun. Yeah. Um, I, one of my good friends, actually, he has an Instagram, he's artsy, but not, like, whatever, like, he's not trying to make a whole website on his Instagram, basically, but he always, every post he does, he hashtags makes Instagram casual again, and I always look at it, and I'm like, you're so right, like, it's just a picture of him and his friend, like, sitting at dinner, like, with a beer, like, it's not we put so much pressure on it that I think it loses its joy a lot. And I think a big solution to this is ourselves. I think most of the change that can happen is going to be self-checking yourself on, on your social medias. But I do think that like, like when I see his Instagram picture every time I'm like, damn, like he's right. Like make Instagram casual again. Like I want to see, people just doing what they're doing and hanging out. I don't want to feel like I have to post a selfie because five other people did and I don't have one in 10 days, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
do you think how do you think we can use the social media as a tool that it should be well oh my gosh like when you say that about your friends that's that right there is like what an influencer (laughs) is meant to do like I mean you just told me about it and I was like yeah like I think it's yeah I think it's just about making whatever page you're using or whatever page you want to use just don't worry about anything else like do it for you and if that's if that's you know creating something that you intend to get bigger do that if that's posting a photo of your new nails with no filter do that like like yeah it's just it comes down to us and it just comes down to the kind of person we want to be and and the kind of person we want to show to other people because like you said like we're not even showing truly what's going on on our pages and Mm -hmm. some people have separate pages for that like Finns does Mm -hmm. to like actually share what's going on in their life and it's like I mean I'm not asking you to like share your grievances with the world but like be genuine on your on your pages like yeah like you said I think we should be doing it for us as much as I love seeing what people think about my pictures whatever it's like bottom line I'm posting these pictures because I like it and I think it looks cool and I want to share what I see with my friends and the people who follow me and I just saw this quote and it's says it's not embarrassing to like things and as like basic as that sounds like I've always been someone who's a little more aware of what I'm doing what other people are doing just because I'm always like observing other people and I used to be so nervous like in high school I love planners like weekly planners are my shit I love them but I would never want to get them in high school because I wouldn't want to be like oh, I have, like, a pink pen and a green pen and a highlighter and a planner and a notebook and I didn't want to be overwhelming and, like, oh, like, I'm not too cool enough, like, because I have a planner. Like, how stupid is that? Like, it's, like, stuff like that. I feel like I – you should be able to post what you want on your Instagram without the fear of someone just ripping you apart for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that itself would – severely help people's mental health like when people like I think especially for young girls obviously because I'm a young girl and I can really only speak for my own experience but I think for young girls seeing other young women just doing what they want liking what they want like that would make me feel empowered and I wouldn't have to be put into I wouldn't have to feel like I had to be put into this box to be seen or appreciated so yeah just like doing it for you totally and I feel the same way like and yet still here we are worrying you know like it's definitely I think something that we have to monitor ourselves on and really like take accountability but I also think we need to realize how important it is to take that accountability in all of our social media platforms Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, do you have any less topics or any more things you want to discuss before we close off? Um, no. I I just want to say I have this little poster in my room that I read every day <laughs> before I head out, and it could be my closing statement. Amazing. But 
you don't have to be anybody other than yourself. Yes. <laughs> so true. There's no point in being anyone but yourself because they're already there. Period. Um, well, awesome, Fiona. I had a great time talking to you and chatting about social media and how it affects our mental health. Yeah. Um, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day, and I will see you soon. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Bye, Bye. Fiona. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Chatter with You Matter. Don't forget to save those dates of December 11th and 12th for the You Matter Mental Health Symposium. And never forget to check out the food pantry located on campus near the EMU. It's a great resource for us students that's provided by the school and community. Have a great day, and don't forget, you matter.